we are praying, O Lord, that put me aside and speak to us. We are praying, O Lord, for impartation. We are praying, O Lord, for wisdom. We are praying, O Lord, for revelation. We want you to reveal yourself to us in your word. We want to experience you. We want to, O Lord, encounter you. We seek your presence. We seek your love. We seek your fellowship. We seek your communion. And that is why we are here today. We seek to know you more, O Lord. We ask that may you help us this day. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, so the title of today's sermon is, or lesson is, Christ and the Church. Christ and the Church. So you can just write it down. Christ and the Church. Let's say the relationship between Christ and His Church. The relationship between Christ and His Church. Hallelujah. Yes. So Christ and the Church. Christ and the Church. And we are going to have our preceding scriptures from the book Songs of Solomon. I don't know, it's it's hardly that we most at times go there to you know read the word because some of them are like ah oh, something. <laughs> but then that is the book that God showed me that is the book of intimacy. And that is the book that shows Christ and the church in like in full detail. Hallelujah. So we are just going to learn about Christ and the church, the relationship between Christ and the church, and like the wisdom and the revelation we can get from it and impact in our personal lives. So the first is Christ kindles the fire within the church. Wow. Christ kindles the fire within the church. It says here in Song of Solomon, chapter 1, verse 2 to 3. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. She cries, then realizing that Solomon has arrived and has heard her speech, she turns to him and asks, For your love is better than wine. And she continues, The odor of your ointment is fragrant. Hallelujah. And it says, Your name is like perfume poured out. Therefore, do the maidens love you. Hallelujah. Therefore, do the maidens love you. Christ kindles the fire within the So how does this, you know, relate with Jesus Christ kindling the fire within the church? It says here that, you know, the case, I went through the meaning of the case. The case, actually, if you look at the, the deep root meaning of the case, it means to catch fire, to catch fire, to kindle, to burn. And Wine is, we all know, yayin, and it means intoxicating. It's, it's an alcoholic drink or drug, and it's liable to cause someone to lose control of their faculties or behavior. Effervescence. Hallelujah. So, in the scripture above, the Shunammites, you know, this is the Shunammites woman is the one talking. In Songs of Solomon, um, it was mostly about the Shunammite woman to her lover and her friends that are talking. So what I just read is the Shunammite woman to to Solomon. And it says that, let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. And it says, for your love is better than wine. The odor of your ointment is fragrant. Your name is like perfume poured out. And I want us to focus on let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. 
for your love is better than wine. So in the scripture above, the Shunammite addresses the fact that her lover, her lover's kisses with the mouth is how she experiences a love which is better than wine. The, the church needs God to catch fire or kindle a fire within to experience God's love. Hope you are, hope you are following me. And that's how she experiences a love which is better than wine when a lover kisses her with their mouth and what is god trying to say is god trying to say that you know she going to kiss someone with their mouth no that is not what god is trying to say but what god is trying to say is that as we we learned earlier that the kiss is is to the deep meaning is to catch fire to kindle fire so the church needs god to catch fire the church needs god to kindle a fire within so that we can experience god's love which is better than intoxicating nature of wine which causes you to lose control so literally i've been in the meetings of where the holy spirit has fell the fire has been kindled and people lose control and it's as if they are drunk. In Acts chapter 2, when the apostles were fellowshipping, the scripture said the Spirit of the Lord fell upon them. And when the Spirit of the Lord fell upon them like tongues of fire, they started speaking in, in, in lang- other languages. And people heard them and said, these people are drunk. <laughs> no, they were not drunk. They had been kindled. The fire within them had been kindled. The fire of the Holy Ghost had kindled them. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the church needs God to catch fire, to kindle the fire which is within them so that we can experience God's love. I, I, I've, I've experienced, like in, in situations like that, I, I just feel the love of God so much. I'm just excited. The joy of the Lord just boils up within me. Why? Because that is how, you know, the church experiences God's love. When the fire in us is kindled, hallelujah. It is better than any intoxicating wine. It causes you, yeah, the fire of God causes you to lose control. Hallelujah. So literally, God shows his love for the church by kindling the fire of the church. The fire of the church is better than wine. So literally, if you see churches, you can see churches and there's no fire. There is no fire. Hallelujah. It said in Revelation 2 verse 4 to 5, that yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. So this was, you know, Christ revealed to john the revelator and he was talking to the first church in 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 revelations and he told the church that they had forsaken the love they had at first and because they had forsaken the love they had at first christ said he has removed their fire so literally god said that if you forsake the love i have for you i'll remove your fire why because the love is not there the love is not there so he removes your fire. So if you see a church that they don't have any fire, it means they have no love for God. They are just religious. The love they had at first is not it's not there. It's no more there. Hallelujah. That's love. That's the, that that should uh, that should make them to yearn for the kisses of God. 
to to yearn for the love of God to experience the love of God is no more it's not there and that is why their fire has been removed hallelujah so yes between Christ and the church Christ is the one that kindles the fire of the church Christ yearns to kindle the fire he yearns to set us on fire for him he yearns to set us on fire he yearns said, I have prayed the father that the promise will come wait in Jerusalem he yearned for the disciples to get the fire to be set on fire before they started ministry hallelujah Christ is excited when we are set on fire for him hallelujah so between Christ and the church Christ is the one that kindles the fire within the church but the church has to yearn for it the church has to yearn for the love of God as they yearn for the love of God as they yearn to experience him he will come and kindle the fire hallelujah hallelujah amen the next is the next let me say sub topic is the aroma of the church and this is between it says in song of solomon chapter 1 verse 3 pleasing is the fragrance of your perfumes your name is like perfume poured out no wonder the young women love you hallelujah and i went deeper into the meaning of of, of perfumes in actually the king james they use ointment so the ointment means oil is shaman and it means oil or anointing medicine and to pour out in the Greek is rook, to draw out, to pour out. Hallelujah. Maidens are, you know, virgin, a young man of marital age or newly married. You know. So it says here that this is the Shinamite woman say that the pleasing is the fragrance of your perfumes. Your name is like perfume poured out. In the King James, it says the odor of your ointment is fragrant. Your name is like perfume poured out. Therefore, the maidens love you hallelujah so i want us to look at this scripture before we continue second corinthians chapter 2 verse 14 to 16 please stay with me second corinthians chapter 2 verse 14 to 16 but thanks be to god who in christ always leads us always leads us in triumph as trophies of christ's victories and through us spreads and makes evidence the fragrance of the knowledge of god everywhere for we are the sweet fragrance of Christ, which exhales unto God, discernible alike among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the latter, it is an aroma wafted from death to death, a fatal odor, the smell of doom. To the former, it is the aroma from life to life, a vital fragrance, living fresh. And who is qualified, fit and sufficient for these things? Who is able for such ministry? Hallelujah. The aroma, the aroma of God, the fragrance of God. So the scripture makes us understand that the fragrance of, of the perfume, which is pleasing to the church, is the name of Jesus poured out. Hallelujah. Is the name of Jesus poured out. The fragrance of the perfume, which the Shunammite woman was talking about, is the name of Jesus poured out. So what pleases the church is the fragrance of the perfume of Christ. The name of Jesus being poured out is something that pleases the church. 
and it continues in the king james it says the order of your ointment where ointment stands for anointing or oil therefore the fragrance of the anointing of christ is his name hallelujah the fragrance of the anointing of christ is his name as christ spreads his fragrance through the church the church becomes a sweet fragrance and the knowledge of god spreads everywhere hallelujah so the aroma of christ the fragrance of christ is his name when his name is being poured out its fragrance is pleasing to the believer it's pleasing to the church the fact that we can use his name the fact that his name is evident in our life the name of jesus is evident the fact that we stand we move and in him we move and have our being it's all because of that name the name that is above every other name says at the mention of the name jesus every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that christ is lord the name of jesus is a it is it's fragrant the name of jesus it's like perfume and as his name spreads within us you know he pours his fragrance upon us so we receive from him we receive the anointing of his name and as we receive it we also become fragrant we also begin to smell nice we are also anointed because we've received it from him and as that comes to stay then we also spread it so when it's with us when we receive the fragrance it also spreads through us everywhere the knowledge of god spreads everywhere because we have received the anointing of of, of the name we have received the knowledge of the of, of of the lord the name of the lord we have full knowledge we have full understanding we have full revelation of the lord and it is fragrant it smells nice it is pleasing and because it smells nice within and because we have received the revelation we have received the knowledge thereof it spreads everywhere so christ said in the great commission that go to the ends of the earth to judea to samaria and to the ends of the earth minister the gospel my name let it spread and it can only spread when the church has received it when the church is also spread when the church is also smelling nice has received that fragrance has received that anointing from the name then they can spread it you know god is just bringing my understanding to the fact that aprons were used to heal the sick aprons and and handkerchiefs of the apostles were used to heal the sick lame man at a beautiful gate he told him that silver and gold i do not have but such as i have i give id in the name of jesus christ rise up and, and walk what did he pour what did what did peter have what did peter have that he was able to give he had the anointing of the name he had the fragrance of jesus and he was able to give that name to the man he was able to spread the name of christ he was able to spread the knowledge of god everywhere so after he healed the man multitudes came why because he was smelling nice you know he had a pleasing scent he had a pleasing aroma on him i can say that spiritually it was literally an aroma spiritually but physically we just saw that people were trooping to him 
people always go where there is a nice smell people always go where you know the the the, the perfume is, is is nice the perfume is pleasing people go there and just as peter had healed the layman says such as i have i give id in the name of jesus christ he only had the name and the name is an anointing the name is the fragrance and as he healed the man people trooped to see him people trooped to see him, and the name of god spread the knowledge of god spread hallelujah so between christ and church is an aroma and that aroma is fragrant and christ you know spreads his aroma spreads his fragrance on the church and when the church attains this aroma attains this fragrance the knowledge of god is spread throughout the world hallelujah thank you jesus for your fragrance thank you jesus for your aroma that is beautiful that is pleasing thank you jesus oh we are praying that may we be may we make manifest of this fragrance may we make, be made manifest of this aroma it is even said in scripture that we we are the handwriting you know is that the spirit the spirit of god has written on us so literally the church the world looks as us you know god has written on us as a letter to the world so the world looks at us hallelujah we are the fragrance aroma to the world hallelujah so the next point is intimacy between christ and the church intimacy between christ and the church it says in song of solomon chapter 1 verse 4 draw me away we will run after you the king has brought me into his chambers we will be glad and rejoice in you we will remember your love more than wine rightly do they love you hallelujah hallelujah there's a song i really used to love to sing um when when i was young i was i was literally a presbyterian i used to go to the presby church and used to sing hymns and this this was my favorite hymn draw me nearer nearer pleasantly to the cross where thou hast died draw me nearer 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 pleasant lord to thy precious bleeding side hallelujah draw me nearer and the shunammite woman said that draw me away literally telling um, um the beloved that draw me away and after you draw me away we will run after you said so the king has brought me into his chambers we will be glad and rejoice in you we will remember your love more than wine hallelujah so draw means it's in 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 the Hebrew Moshak, and it means to draw out, to attract, to attract. Hallelujah. And in the um, with the chambers, it says innermost or inward parts. John, please follow me. John chapter 12, verse 32. I'm building a concept. John chapter 12, verse 32 says, And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. Hallelujah. And this is the words of Christ. If I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men to me. So Christ drew the church to himself. So first, we didn't go to God first. First, God drew us to himself. When he died and rose again, 
as the Shunammite woman said, draw me away. So God is the one that drew us to himself. Christ is the one that drew us to himself. When he died and rose again, he said his sacrifice brought the church closer to him because of Christ's sacrifice of love. It brought the church closer to him because first we were far away. And and the church is saying that as Christ draws us close to himself, we will run after him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because she said, draw me away, then we will run after you. So as Christ draws us to himself, then we will run after him. And Christ has already drawn us to himself by dying and rising again, by, by redeeming us, by closing that bridge that was between us, that was between us and God. And now he has drawn us closer to God. First, we were far away, but now, because of his sacrifice, we are now closer to God. And God is drawing us near to him. Each day, God is talking to you. Each day, God is by you. He has sealed you with his Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. He is drawing us close to him. And and as he draws us close to him, what we have to do, we have to run after him. He expects us to run after him. James chapter 4 verse 8. It says, draw near to God and he will draw near to him and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Draw near to God and he will draw near to, to you. God has already drawn you near to himself. So all you have to do is to draw back to him. Is to run after him. Hallelujah. The church is saying that God is the one that brings us into the holiest of holies. He takes us deeper within him for intimacy in the inner chambers of God. His gladness or joy and rejoicing is in him. As he says, said, the king has brought me into his chambers. We will be glad and rejoice in you. And this is the understanding that God is the one, Christ is the one that takes us deeper into the holiest of holies. Because of the blood of Christ, we are able to go into the holiest of holies. In the olden days, only the high priests used to go into the holiest of holies and they go only twice in a year. And even that, they tie them around because anything can happen. And before they even go in, they have to kill um, and maybe a ram or something then use their blood to purify their sins and the sins of people before they go in because they themselves were sinners but we have a high priest that you know has paved the way for us once and for all with his blood a high priest that is without sin a high priest that is without defects that has opened the gates for us to enter the chambers of God so God is the one, Christ is the one that brings us into the holiest of holies by his blood. He takes us deeper within him into intimacy. Instead, in the chambers of God is gladness, joy, and rejoicing. When you enter the presence of God, when you enter, even when you are worshiping and the presence of God surrounds you, you you become joyful, you become glad. When you are in church and you feel that the presence of God is so strong, people are happy, people are joyful, there is rejoicing. Why? Because you have entered the inner chambers of God. It said in Psalm 100 verse 4, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. In the, cha- in the inner chambers, the intensity of God's love, which is better than wine, dawns on us and becomes so tangible. Hallelujah. 
So in Psalm 100 verse 1, enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his court with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. So you literally enter his gates with thanksgiving and you enter his inner court with praise. He said, be thankful unto him and bless his name. I believe that when you enter into the inner chambers, then like literally, automatically, you become thankful. You can't enter God's presence and not thank him. Most, most of even you in scripture, most of the people that encountered angels, most of the people that encountered God, they had to, you know, go down. They had to lie flat on the floor. They had to kneel down and, and some couldn't look at him. You know, some, some, they just worship. There was a leper in the Bible. When Jesus, after Jesus preached on the, the sermon on the mount, scripture said that he went to heal a leper. And when he walked in, the leper saw him. The first thing the leper did was he knelt down and he worshipped. You can't encounter God and not worship. Once you enter the inner chambers, the worship will come. You don't have to try and force it. So he said, true believers, true worshippers will worship in truth and in spirit. Why? Because the spirit will overtake them. Why? Because they have entered the inner chambers of God. Hallelujah. So we enter his inner chambers and automatically the intensity of God's love dawns on us. As the intensity of God's love dawns on you, like, oh Lord, who am I that you are mindful of? You, you saved me, you provided for me, Lord, who am I that you would die for? As the intensity of the love of God dawns on you, 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 you start to worship. You start to worship automatically because the love of God becomes so tangible. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, as you draw near to him, he takes you deeper. So you are going to God, you are going to God, and he's taking you deeper, he's taking you deeper. Then suddenly you enter the inner chambers. You begin to worship. You begin to adore him because his love becomes tangible. Hallelujah. I pray for us all that may we not worship on the surface. May we not praise on the surface. I pray for us that may we enter his inner chambers. May God take us deeper and deeper. May God take us deeper and deeper. As God draw as, as God has drawn us to himself, we will also run after him. We, we will run after him with love. We will run after him. And we are praying that may he take us deeper and deeper into his inner chambers. That we, his love may become tangible to us. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Intimacy between Christ and the church. The next is the nature of the church. The nature of the church. It says in Song of Solomon chapter 1, verse 5 to 6. It says, I am so black, but you are lovely and pleasant. Oh, you daughters of Jerusalem as as the tents of the Kida of as the tents of the Kida the, that's the boy the the Bedouin tribe <laughs> I hope I'm saying it right the Bedouin tribe like the curtains of Solomon it says do not look at me I am sweaty I have worked out in the sun and it has left its mark upon me my stepbrothers were angry with me and they made me keeper of their vineyards but my own vineyard i have not kept let me read it again let me read it again it says that i am so black 
but lovely and pleasant. O oh, you daughters of Jerusalem, at the tents of the Kida, like the beautiful curtains of Solomon. Please do not look at me. I am sweaty. I have worked out in the sun. It has left its mark upon me. My stepbrothers were angry with me and they made me keep out of the vineyards. But my own vineyard I have not kept. Hallelujah. But my own vineyard I have not kept. That is Song of Solomon chapter 1 verse 5 to 6. And let us look at some terminologies. The tent the tent um, represents, tent in, in actuality represents um, maybe wilderness life, dwelling, a home, a habitation. But it stated tents of of Kida. And Kida was one of the descendants or one of the children of Ishmael. Yeah, so it's a tribe, the Kida tribe, the Bunduin tribe. And in their habitation, they used their um, goats, their, their black goat's hair for coverings so they use the black goat's hair for coverings that's why it says the tents of kida so just uh, making us know how dark she is and it says in psalm 120 verse 5 why am i doomed to live as an alien scattered among these cruel savages am i destined to dwell in the darkened tents of desert nomads hallelujah so that's also the kida tree it's just make um explaining it further so it represents you know how dark the tree is or how dark the curtain is hallelujah and the curtains of solomon the curtains of solomon are beautiful so it represents beauty and it says the sun has looked upon me so literally to turn when the sun burns you so the sun has looked upon me and a vineyard can also mean a house that's literal so in songs of i want us to look at songs of solomon chapter 1 verse 6 in the tpt version and it says the church looks on itself as being dark like the tents of kida yet like the beautiful curtains of solomon so the church looks okay um okay this this my version first okay so the church looks on itself as being dark like the tents of kida yet like the beautiful curtains of solomon so there's a pun here you said you are dark yet you are lovely you said you look dark like the tents of kida which are made from you know goat's hair dark goat's hair but you are beautiful like the curtains of solomon so what is um this actually trying to see so the let um the church looks upon itself as being dark and the reason is that she is darkened by the sun so the dark nature is a word play actually in hebrew that represents our old adam life so our nature as descendants of adam our nature in the law our nature under the covenant so the believer who was once defiled and sinful by nature, but calmly, meaning that we have been renewed by divine grace of Christ. So we were dark, but because of grace, because of the grace, we have been renewed. Said, yet you are so lovely, like the fine lining tapestry hanging on the holy place. So though the, the believer was dark, or though the believer looks at itself as oh i think i am dark i think i'm dark yet they are lovely 
yet God has made them a holy nation. Hallelujah. God has made them like the fine lining tapestry hanging in the holy place. It says that, please, don't stare in scorn because of my dark and sinful ways. So the darkness that the believer was referring to or the Shunammite woman was referring to was sinful ways. Sinful ways, which by God's grace are no more. <laughs> which because of Christ are no more. Hallelujah. So don't look down on me because I am dark and darkened by the sun's harsh rays. As we said, she said she was dark because of the sun's harsh rays. I want us to go deeper into it. John chapter 16 verse 33 says, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. So, the world will give you trouble. The world will bring you tribulation. And she was saying that she has been darkened by the sun's harsh rays so the world has literally brought trouble the world has literally brought tribulation onto her which has caused her to be darkened it said in song of solomon chapter 1 verse 5 it said my brothers ridiculed me i'm looking at this in the message version my brothers ridiculed me and sent me to work in the fields they made me care for the face of the earth but i had no time to care for my own face so literally the church was focused on tending to the world that they forgot about their own house this led the church to experience the harsh conditions of the world that bent its skin hallelujah so when we are focused on the world and not on god we will be bent because the world will bring us trouble the world will bring us tribulation. So she was darkened because she was focused on the world. She was focused on tending to the world that she forgot her own house, her own soul. Scripture says that work out your own salvation with fear and, t- and trembling. So if you focus on, on others, you focus on the ministry instead of God. If you focus on the things that God has given you, the creation instead of the creator, you will be burnt. You will be burnt. So the church experienced the harsh conditions of the world because it focused on the world and not on God. Hallelujah. It focused on the world and not on its own house. They focused on the world and they forgot about the church. <laughs> they forgot about their soul. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So yes, this was the nature of the church. Or this is what the church saw according to 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 what was present or according to what was there hallelujah let us continue so the next topic is redemption redemption the church seeking redemption now they've seen they are darkened because they focus on the world and not on the church or not on their soul but now they are seeking redemption it says in song of solomon chapter 1 verse 7 to 8 tell me oh you whom i love where you feed your flock where you make its rest at noon for why should i be as one who veils herself by the flocks of your companions if you do not know oh fairest among women follow in the footsteps of the flock and feed your little goats beside the shepherd's tent hallelujah first and foremost you notice the veil she said that why should I be as one who veils herself by the flocks of your companions? So the veil represents boundary or being far away from God. The church was far away from God. 
and wanted and need not even want they needed redemption second corinthians chapter 3 verse 13 is a very long scripture but just stay with me we are not like moses who would put a veil over his face to prevent the israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away but their minds were made dark for to this day the same veil remains when the old covenant is read it has not been removed because only in christ is it taken away even to this day when moses is read a veil covers their hearts but whenever anyone turns to the Lord, hallelujah, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is a spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory and are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the church is seeking redemption. And the veil represents as being far away from God. Moses put a veil on his face to prevent Israelites from seeing the end of what was passing away. He put his the veil on his face because he didn't think like they were not worthy to see the glory. That is that was his mindset. So he put a veil on his face to cover his faith because his face was covered in glory. Hallelujah. The the, the church sought for Christ and he redeemed us. So we saw that that veil be removed. We saw that we'll be closer to God. And he redeemed us through his son, Jesus Christ, who died and rose again for us. Who taught, He said when Christ died, the veil, the, 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 the curtain of the temple was torn into two, which shows that we are no longer veiled. Hallelujah. But we have been, uh, the veil has been, we have been unveiled to see the ever-increasing glory, to be transformed into the image of the ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Hallelujah. So by true Christ, we've been redeemed. Through Christ, we've been unveiled. The church has been unveiled. They said they, they sought, the church sought for God's provision. They sought to enter God's rest. How do I know this? She said that, where do you feed your flock? Where do you make it rest at noon? So it sought God's provision. It sought to enter God's rest. As said, it was darkened by the sun's rays. It was darkened. Hallelujah. So it sought, it sought to enter God's rest. It sought for God's provision. Hallelujah. And it says that the believer sought closure to be known by God and his fellows not as a stranger and God answered so she, she wanted to be unveiled and by God's grace she was unveiled hallelujah by God's grace she was unveiled so after she was unveiled that closure that she sought to be closer closer to God was granted Hallelujah. Christ paved way for the church by redeeming us. And now we can get close to God by running to him and following his statues. Hallelujah. Said so God granted the church access with himself also. So God has granted, Christ has now granted us access to God. That we can stay in the house of God. That is the shepherd's tent. We can feed in the house of God. We, we can enter the rest of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Therefore, we have been redeemed. It said in Psalm 23, verse 1 to 2. 
one to two the lord is my shepherd i lack nothing he makes me lie down in green pastures he leads me beside quiet waters the lord is our shepherd and we will lack nothing why because we have entered his rest we are in the house of the lord hallelujah we are we have closure with that hallelujah hallelujah amen let's look at the last subtopic Christ's perception of the church. So we look at the nature of the church, what is seen. And now we want to look at what Christ thinks about the church. What does Christ see when he looks at the church, his bride? What does Christ see? It said in Song of Solomon, chapter 1, verse 9 to 11, I have compared you, my love, to my filling among Pharaoh's chariots. Your cheeks are lovely with ornament your neck with chains of gold we will make you ornament of gold with stats of silver hallelujah song of solomon chapter 1 verse 9 to 11 and to get the deeper understanding i want us to look at it in the tpt version song of song of song chapter 1 verse 8 to 11 it says listen against one this is christ christ is saying listen my radiance. So Christ, when Christ looks at us, he sees that we are radiant. What are we radiant of? We are radiant of his glory. He said, listen, my radiant one, if you ever lose sight of me, just follow in my footsteps where I lead my lovers. So Christ is telling the church that if you ever lose sight of me, just follow in my footsteps where I lead my lovers. Just follow in his footsteps. Says, come with your burdens and cares. Christ is yearning that we we should come to Him with our burdens and cares. He knows we will have it. So He said that He's telling the church, come with your burdens and cares. He said, come to the place near the sanctuary of my shepherds. Come to His house, the sanctuary of His shepherds. The people that He has placed in charge of us, His pastors, His apostles, His 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 priests. Said, come. Into come to the place near the sanctuary of my, my shepherd. This will also tell you that if ever you lose sight of God, just follow his the footsteps of where he leads his lovers, where he leads the church. Say, Come and go to him with your burdens and cares. Said in scripture, Come before the throne of grace. Come boldly before the throne of grace that you may find grace and help in times of need. You may find grace and mercy in times of need. Come to the place near the sanctuary of my shepherds. Come to come to his house. Come to his house. Come to his dwelling. He says, My dearest one, let me tell you how I see you. Christ is saying that let me tell you how I see you. He says, You are so thrilling to me. Christ is telling you that you are thrilling to, to him. Yeah, you listening. You are thrilling to him. He said, To gaze upon you is like looking at one of Pharaoh's finest horses. And back in the day, Pharaoh's horses were like the best horses in the world. They were fast, they were the finest horses. And God is saying that to gaze upon you is looking, is looking at one of Pharaoh's finest horses. That, that is how God sees you. He says, A strong, regal steed pulling his royal chariot. So to Christ, you are strong. To Christ, you are regal, you are regal steed pulling his royal chariots. Hallelujah. Said your tender cheeks are beautiful to him. Your cheeks, your tender cheeks are beautiful. Said your earrings and gem laden necklaces set them ablaze. 
Hallelujah. Says we will enhance your beauty with golden ornaments studded with silver. So God Christ looks at you and sees that like you you are radiant and he wants to even enhance you the more to make you more beautiful just as you are to make you more beautiful and he said that he will enhance your beauty with golden ornaments studded with silver and golden is used to represent divinity and silver redemption he will enhance your beauty the more redeem you and grant you what make you divine make you divine to enhance your beauty so that is what Christ sees you in you. When Christ looks at you as an individual, as, as the church, Christ sees that you are radiant. Christ sees that you are someone that is thrilling to him. Christ desires that you come to him with your burdens and curse. Christ desires that you, you lay near his sanctuary, in, in, near his dwelling. Christ sees you as, 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 as if he's looking at one of Pharaoh's finest horses. He sees you as strong. He sees you as regal. He sees you beautiful. And he desires to enhance your beauty set with gold and silver to make you divine to give you everlasting life to redeem you and redemption also if you look deep into the meaning of redemption redemption is getting back all you have lost to redeem you to to give you all that you have lost all that we lost authority to redeem us with fruitfulness to redeem us with multiplication to redeem us to himself that we may tap the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. God, Christ is redeeming us to himself. And I want to end with this. Song of Solomon chapter 1 verse 15. says, Behold, you are fair, my love. Behold, you are fair. You have dove's eyes. Hallelujah. Behold, you are fair. And this is Christ telling the church that though you said you are dark, I behold you. And you are fair. I behold you. And you are fair. And he said it twice. Behold you are fair. My love. Behold you are fair. When Christ looks at the church. He sees that the church is fair. Not dark. It is fair. He sees his lover. Someone whom he loves. And he said it twice. You are fair. You are fair. Yes you are saying you are dark. But no when I behold you. You are fair. I have redeemed you. You are fair. You are radiant, says my love. Christ loves the church. Hallelujah. He said, you have those eyes. And when that was used in scripture, I quite remember most of the times it's used for the presence of the spirit. So the spirit of God is within you. The spirit of God is within you. You have the presence of God. You have the presence of God. You have the Holy Spirit dwelling within you. And the eyes are like the doorway to the heart. He said, you have those eyes. You have the presence of God. You have the spirit of God. Hallelujah. You are holy. You are holy. I want us with this understanding of Christ and the church. So I want us to love him. Just love him. I don't know. I don't, I don't know, you know, how or how you would do it. But scripture says that the, the spirit of the Lord helps us. Scripture says the spirit of the Lord helps us to pray worthy prayers. I just want you to love on God. Just love on God. See how Christ is saying that we are, we, you know, he beholds us. We are thrilling. 
you know we are, we are fair he says that even he looks at us we are radiant we are radiant he says it is beautiful to gaze upon us he says we are strong he says we are beautiful that your tender cheeks are beautiful that he was easily willing to enhance our beauty the more with golden ornaments so not that we are not beautiful we are beautiful but he's willing to enhance it with golden ornaments hallelujah studded with silver hallelujah he's with everything that we have lost isn't this beautiful isn't this powerful isn't this love this is what true love is as, as Christ loves the church, as Christ loves the church, that He would draw us near to Himself. He would draw us, He will bring us into His chambers that we may rejoice, we may experience Him. We may experience Him. Oh, we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you. Thank you for an aroma that is fragrant and spreads through us to the world. Thank you that your aroma spreads through us. Thank you, O Lord, that you are kissing us with the kisses of your mouth. Thank you, Jesus, that your love is intoxicating. Your love is better than wine. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We love you. We love you. We love you. Indeed, you are the most beautiful. Indeed, you are the most beautiful. It's beautiful. Oh, our beloved. Our beloved. It is the most beautiful. It is the most beautiful. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for who you are. We thank you. We thank you. Just love on God. Just love on God. You know, just worship. Love on Him. Love on Him. His presence is so strong here. I don't know about, about you, but I'm feeling God's presence. I'm feeling God's love so strong. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for caring for me. Thank you for redeeming me. Thank you, oh Lord for seeing me as radiant. Thank you for your perception about me. Thank you, oh Lord, for cleansing me. Thank you for drawing me to yourself. Oh, we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We love you. My beloved is the most beautiful among thousands Ten thousand, my beloved is the most beautiful among thousands. Oh, ten thousands, my beloved is the most beautiful among thousands. Oh, ten thousands, my beloved is the most beautiful among thousands. Oh, ten thousands, Lord, you are lovely. Lord, you are lovely to us. You are beautiful to us. You are caring. We thank you for your provision. Thank you for your rest. We thank you for your protection. We thank you for the grace to dwell in your house. We thank you for loving in us enough to redeem us. Loving us enough to die for us. 
Father, you are beautiful to me. You are beautiful to us. We can't thank you enough. Oh Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We bless your name. Indeed, you are bigger than the biggest. You are stronger than the strongest. You are higher than the highest. You are greater than the greatest. We love you, oh Lord. Even at the cross, even at the cross upon all that the, you know, the people had done to you, you said, oh, forgive them. Christ said, forgive them, Father. But they do not know. Forgive them, forgive them. Thank you for your forgiveness. He said that the father, when he saw his son from afar, he, he ran. He put down his fatherly ego and he took upon himself fatherly love and ran to his son and kissed him and kissed his son. He showed affection. He kissed his son. Hallelujah. He kindled the fire within the son. Hallelujah. And he clothed him with righteousness. Oh, who are we that you are mindful of? Who are we that you clothe us with righteousness? And he gave him a ring on his finger. He gave him authority. Who are we that you redeem us and grant us authority? He said what he he gave him shoes to walk. You give us purpose. You give us purpose. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your care. Thank you, oh Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. There's a song we used to sing while we were young. And it's, it's just, I just love it so much. It's, it's a hymn, but it's just so beautiful. How sweet the name of Jesus sounds in a believer's ear. Oh, it soothes sorrows, heals and spoons, and drives away his fear. Hallelujah. Indeed, his name is sweet. Indeed, his name is sweet in our ears. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for your presence. Thank you, Father, for your love. Thank you, Father, that your love is intoxicating than wine. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Dearest Father, closest friend, you are most beautiful. You are most beautiful, Lord, you are. Dearest Father, Closest friend, most beautiful, most beautiful. And one thing that I desire, only as I, oh Lord, just to dwell, dwell, dwell here forever. This will be my posture. Laying at your feet And just to dwell, dwell, dwell here forever Ooh, dearest father, dearest father Closest friend, most beautiful Father, we thank you We worship you We honor you We adore you You are beautiful to us We thank you for your sweet aroma we thank you for your fragrance, Alma. Thank you for your love. Oh, we thank you that indeed you love us. We thank you for, for the 
oh lord for revealing to us oh lord your thoughts about us for revealing to us how much you love us we thank you for revelation in this word we thank you oh lord for impartation thank you for your presence that is with us we are praying oh lord that May this word go deeper and deeper into our soul and spirit, bone and marrow. May we walk in the knowledge of you, in the knowledge of your love. Oh Lord, we are praying. And may we never lose sight of your love. May we never lose sight of who you are to us. We stand strong in in, in your presence. We stand strong in your love. We rest in your dwelling. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.